Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. Hey Bayside, how are you? I love you. Oh man, I love you. Have a seat. Give someone a hug for my sake on the way down. I'm so glad I got invited back, you know. Who knows that if you, if you do ministry, it's always, it's great to go, but it's really good when you get invited back. Um, I know that God, it, yesterday was awesome, it's great, you know, what God was doing amongst churches, but this morning I'm really blown away and I'm a bit hammered because <laughs> I'm mostly hammered all the time. If you know me, and I mean like, who knows, who knows the, the presence of God is what people seek all the time in all sorts of different ways. But we as believers can step into a place of heaven here. Amen? And like, you know, and I was sharing with the pastor, so you know, there's all sorts of definitions of revival. But I found this. I'll just have my own. <laughs> and I think during the last year or two, talking to pastors, a lot of even what Pastor Ross said, so yeah, I travel a lot. I did about 87 flights last year to all sorts of different places around. I can't keep up with what God is doing. And it's quite, I'm so weird about it because like I'm the least of the least not gifted very well, not smart, not... I think the Lord just takes me around to show people what he can do. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Is that, believe me, I can with all confidence say, God can use you. And that you're all ministers and that you all carry something amazing and all you've literally got to do is release it. Sometimes we're so often waiting for something to come upon us and we sing songs like that and I kind of get that. But I don't know about you, I've got more in me. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I, the Bible says that great is he that is... Oh, okay. See, it's the Bible that you do is the Bible that you believe. I can always tell what you believe, I just have to watch what you do. I know if you believe in prayer, because you'll pray. I know if you believe the word, because you'll read it. I know that you believe in church, because you'll be not a, you'll be part of it. Like you'll you'll contribute to it. Yeah. <laughs> I I know if you believe in miracles, because you'll believe for them. You'll go for them. Come on. I, I, you 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 you'll do that. So if you want to know what you believe, just look what you do. And if you want to change that, what's really interesting is start to do what you want to believe. (laughs) You know what I mean? You almost have to laugh before you're joyful. Yeah, there you go. And, and, And it's kind of like, you know, we hear that, you know, used to be, you know, great men of God used to almost say, fake it till you, fake it till you make it. And that's kind of true because it's like when you, I mean, this is not my message, but anyway, 
<laughs> Welcome to my world. They asked me, oh, Mars, have you got slides? I'm thinking, man, I don't even know what I'm doing. Till <laughs> I get up here and I smile. But Russ smiles at me and I feel the love and I get whacked and, okay, what am I doing now? Do you know? But it's like, do you understand that, like, when you were born, like, when you were a baby, like, little Judah here, like, you can't walk. Is that true? You can't. Is that Sam? Hey, Sam. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> is, is that, that when Judah goes to learn to walk, and you've all done this, you know, you got up on your little chubby legs, you pulled yourself maybe up on the lounge or a piece of furniture or something because you couldn't get up for yourself because you look like a sumo. <laughs> you know, your head is bigger than, you know, it's like we're just, have you ever seen a baby like a little monster? It's like weird. <laughs> you pull a baby up to the side, like holy smoke. And, um, <clears throat> but, you know, when, when you did that and you fell down, did your parents go, look, I don't think you got the gift of walking? <laughs> nah, I don't think that's your go. Is that what we did? No, in fact, what we did was we, when we saw that, that they were, they were making an attempt to mimic what they saw everybody else doing and what, you, what even was within them that they were in this, you have this inclination to do ministry. You have this inclination to heal the sick. You have this inclination to lead people to Jesus. Is that true? And often when, when, you, when you hear an evangelist preach, it just, it's, not, it's not only to get people saved, but it's to fire that up in the church. And so that you start to mimic, not come and observe what an evangelist can do or what a prophet can do. And if, and if I don't know if I'm a prophet or not. I don't know, we were talking about that last night, I don't know, I don't really call myself that, it's just that whatever I, seems that whatever I've said happens. <laughs> and, and, but you can do that, is that true? So even, I want, you know, like you've got something burning in here, you've got something happening and it's like, like revival gets used a lot in our nation, even around the world, do you know? Oh, we've got revival because of this and that. But let me tell you something. I think you've got, I think you've had revival and now this is your new normal. Flags and all. Who loves the flag people? Man. <laughs> Who knows what's next, eh? Hey? You know? It's, 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 yeah. And it's like that, you know, if you get, and it's, it's the mess of church. Do you understand that? Church is not perfect. See, we think Je Jesus is the only thing about what our what life is like that is perfect. You know, it's, it's, do you understand that? And we think that the church has to be perfect. It's not. Not by a long way. Because it keeps having sinners join it. <laughs> Issuey people. <laughs> but isn't that great? Yeah, yeah. Isn't that great? Yes, yes. 
Who is Ishui? You all put your hands up, even now your issue is that you lie. Aren't you glad that you were allowed to join the church when you were Ishui? And hopefully now that you've gone beyond that and now you can be dependable and now you could disciple someone. Could you disciple someone? I think you could. Susie and I were going to be ski instructors and basically to be a ski instructor you just have to have be one day ahead of whoever you're teaching. <laughs> to be a disciple you just got to be you know a couple of chapters in the bible ahead of It's not that difficult. Do you understand that? Come on. Let me challenge you this like when was the last time you sat with a, like one on one with another person and inputted intentionally? Like I probably got, all I got to do and what I'm doing now is that I was asked to be a regional leader within our movement, the ACC. And strangely enough, I just took it seriously. <laughs> and I was kind of doing it before. Like, I would, you know, God would put someone on my heart and I would ring them, text them, send them a message and they'd be really encouraged. So I just started off encouraging people. And I think I still just do that, do you know. And... It just grew. So I just started to ring, when I that every Thursday, I would ring pastors and, I'd have a, and I would intentionally have a word for them. So that then when I'd have coffee with pastors, I'd intentionally have a word for them. Yep. So practice makes permanent. It was like probably a bit sketchy at the beginning. I was like the little baby standing on my feet, fell down, probably wasn't that good. But I, was to, I just knew that I needed to do this. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And you might not get it right all the time. That's okay. Now, that's going to freak out some of the religious people because they want, they've got this, we have this weird, see, religion wants perfection. But Jesus just wants the best you can do. <laughs> Amen. Uh, let's go to Matthew chapter 18, verse 18. Matthew 18, 18. <laughs> One thing I probably need to explain to you is that, see, in the sort of ministry that I have, it's about, I don't know if I'm a preacher or not, or, or, or a Bible teacher, I don't know. But I want to sort of, what I want to do is present something to you that will stir up some thoughts. And while I'm sharing, I'm probably releasing something over you. Well, I know I am. And it might not unpack for maybe a couple of days or a couple of weeks. It'll kind of hatch on you or in you. I know. <laughs> Because it's kind of like this. I know with the prophetic, it impregnates people. So you're going to walk all out of here pregnant. <laughs> Never thought of that, did you, Matt? Oh. And, it, and it will take form. That I do know. So let's go to Matthew 18, 18. And it says this. This is Jesus talking. And he says, Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in, 
on earth will be loosed in heaven. Oh, man. Come on. Jesus kind of gave the church an upgrade right there. Kind of, in other words, you know what? What's going on here, you could shut it down. And what you want to see, you could release it. You know, the answer to all of what's going on in the world is the church. One day he's coming, hey, Matt. So let's get it ready for him. Hey, man, come on. Let's just make it wonderful. Come on. Maybe a lot of what, see, a lot of what we're, a lot of what we put up with is the Lord's going, well, what are you going to do about that? Because, like, you could shut it down. Like, I do a little exercise sometimes with discipling people, like, what don't you want to see? What's been going on in your life that you don't want to see anymore? See, in the background of my family was poverty and, um, family breakdown and what was the worst thing was criminality people just in, ended up in prison my dad was born in prison and there was all kind of inclinations to violence and all sorts of things but my dad stopped it and now my brother and I and our sons have just prospered ever since. Slowly but surely, inclination, inclination, inclination. My brother, if he planted a tree, it would grow $50 notes. It's quite bizarre. I was telling him, this, is just a, this just happened a couple of weeks ago. He moved house. Like my, he's, my brother's hilarious. He's got, like, got a couple of businesses and he doesn't work in the office. He's out on the factory floor. So if, you wanna, if I call in on him and I ask, oh, where's Pete? And he goes, oh... He's, where do you think he is? He's out the back under a machine somewhere. Like he wears his high-vis to church. <laughs> He's hilarious. Anyway, um, he moved house and he, he borrowed a friend of his uh, tilt tray truck to move some containers onto his property. And um, the, the guy goes, oh, Pete, would you, would you like this truck? He goes, oh, a very handy sort of thing. Uh, how much do you want for it? And he goes, oh, maybe if you pay the lease out, I think it's about 40 grand. He's like, oh, okay. So he did a few inquiries as to, you know, what a tilt tray truck like this was worth. So he asked a mate, another client of his who owns a tow truck company, how much is this worth? He had a photo of it. He goes, the back of it is worth, the back of it alone without the truck is $160,000. I know, so he bought the truck that afternoon. (laughs) Some of you, it's weird, I'm even listening to myself. Some, some of you here have got opportunity right in front of you. Some of you business guys, some of you, you know, some, and even maybe some of you mums have opportunity right in front of you. That Lord, you know, you know we, want for, we want blessing, but God is guiding you towards it. And see... Can you, can you, so what my brother, can you see what he did? He just released blessing. Because God was trying to release it to him. Yeah. So he has to get a truck and now he's got a guy employed to drive the truck. 
There's someone here that's got, that needs to be encouraged like that. Come on. Boom. <laughs> See, some of you, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll just leave it at that. You've got opportunity right in front of you. You're wanting God to bless you. And I think what my brother has just learned is to spot those opportunities and step into them. And you're like that. Do you understand that? That God is putting like an open door in front of all of you to step through because it's like what, what you're shutting down or closing, you could use the same term, what's closing, you're also then opening a door to something else. And God's got an open door. That's what I see. An open door in front of you all. There's an open door to go forward in God's purposes, in God's goodness, God's glory to see what he's wanting to do and let's I just want to read this but let's go to James <laughs> you know it's really funny can you just feel like what's going on like the Lord's sovereignly doing something <laughs> like if you're looking for intense that you're not I'm not that guy but what's really weird is that I know I say something really like exciting like that and it goes quiet because it's kind of like God, something is sinking into you. <laughs> James chapter 5 verse 17. James chapter 5 verse 17 says this, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. And he prayed earnestly, and it would not rain. Could not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. Sounds a similar sort of time to what we've kind of been through, hey? And he prayed again, and the heavens gave rain on the earth and produced its fruit. Surely I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. We, let me tell you something, we are living way below. Let me encourage you, you there's more. There's so much more. Elijah is like this kind of superhero of the Old Testament who just sort of appears and and just sort of turns the whole world upside down, shuts down the economy. Zoom. You know what? Our God wants to confront some stuff. And maybe he wants to use you to confront some stuff. <laughs> Amen? And it's like God got the entire nation, king, queen's attention. He shut it down. It's a funny thing about rain in the Bible. It's a really interesting thing. Too little of it, and I'll share with you, too little of it, and it's a drought, true? Too much of it, it's a flood. God would use both. But just right is blessing. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. 
It's really interesting. And it's this rain thing, which is really the, like we don't have any control of it, despite our technology, despite our knowledge, despite all that we do. The weather is really God's domain. If you like, the heavens are his. But then he wants to partner with us about that. <laughs> I remember um, a good friend of mine, the, the, the first pastor I worked with, um, Barry Follett, and he was, uh, he was the youngest guy to ever get his patch with the Hells Angels in New Zealand. So his idea of commitment to church was at another level. <laughs> and I remember he was sharing with me, you know, he went, he was somewhere and uh, they were doing this, this with me. But he was watching some sort of martial arts thing display going on. And they were breaking bricks with their heads and breaking stuff. And he thought, and he could, he knew, though, there's something not right about this. There's something demonic about this. And, the, and everybody's wowing about this, but I think they're displaying the power of something that's not you, God. And so he just shut it down. He said, Father, whatever, whatever they're using, whatever supernatural thing they are doing to do that, because it is pretty supernatural what they're doing, I just shut it down. He just went out. I just shut it down. And then the guy goes to kick through something else and broke his foot. I know it's bad Christian. I don't know if it's Christian or not. I don't know. But... <laughs> The whole thing just got shut down. They were all embarrassed and they just all shut down. <laughs> do, you, do, you know, do you know you could shut down, you could shut down all sorts of stuff? <laughs> so we protest about things and we do try to do things at, in, at that, this level. When we can shut things down in heaven, and it shuts down. You know, like, do you understand, like, we're paying for that, like, like I heard, like, a baby should not have cancer at four. Is that true? So we shut it down. You hear me? Like, we're not having that. We're just not having that anymore. But then we've got to, what's even better, you get to release the opposite. The opposite of that. And see, Elijah was just walked in this revelation. He's an example of what the believer is supposed to be like. Elijah is really an example of what it is to just like show up on the scene and to release things, you know. And so I just want if to, you, if you look at Elijah's life, I really just want to, let me say this, that God wanted to show, and I think this is a word, this is like, this. this is a bit, clunky this word because it's kind of just for you okay so it's not like one of these ones that I've practiced unfortunately I don't get to practice many of my words <laughs> they don't end up very polished but is this that God wants to if you write these down he wants to show his provision he wants to show his power and he wants to show you, you your purpose he wants to show those three things to you 
that you all, he wants to show his provision to you. And Elijah's life was, if you, if you look through 1 Kings 19, it was a, it's an amazing story. Like he just, he appears, not, you know, he's kind of just rocks onto the scene. And it was as if he was known as a man of God, but then he just demonstrated this. And he kind of, the, as you know, there was Ahab and Jezebel running the, like the northern part of Israel and all sorts of craziness was happening. And Elijah comes up and he confronts it. But what's amazing, while he confronted it, God was a provision to him. And I've known this, and it's been something that I've spoken to many churches about. And in this season, we're going to see, we're going to see God provide for us. (laughs) Like the rest of the world's talking, you know, world crisis, and they're printing money, and they're all running around like crazy. And amen. Because, like, the heavens have dried up. You know, like, the, it's not raining. It's not the 80s anymore. <laughs> but God's going to provide for us. Do you know that? Like, he's going to really, really provide. Like, there's going to be a stark difference between, between the believers and the non-believers. Not because of righteousness, because they're going to just see God provide for us. Like the way Elijah, he went to a brook and, and ravens, like, what's an unclean bird, and a greedy bird, an unclean bird and a greedy bird brought provision for him. <laughs> Wouldn't that be amazing to think the crankiest guy in your street starts to help you? <laughs> the guy that, you know, pesters you, bullies you or does whatever at you at work buys you lunch. You know, like it's like as bizarre as that. <laughs> I can... This is, this is a funny, like, it's like, do you know that one of the, like, people can't help but show you favour. Like, that's a declaration I have over my, people can't help themselves but show me favour. Can't help themselves. And I can remember writing, oh, this, okay, this is, this will get you all going. Um, I ride a unicycle. <laughs> Who would believe that? You know? I've had knee surgery and um, I haven't been on I was on it a couple of weeks ago just to sort of get back into it. Yeah, and you should see the, the yahoos that when I go past places, you know, I've had it. Yeah, did you lose a wheel, mate? You know? <laughs> no, I found one. <laughs> <laughs> Who else here can ride a unicycle? Matt, come on, son. <laughs> Whoa, there you go. The rest of you, amen. <laughs> it's a true sign of spirituality, isn't it, mate? Anyway, I do about, well, I wasn't, but I could do about six, 6K. I've done a half marathon for breast cancer, you know, and all sorts of things. But anyway, I'm going along, and I'm known as the university, I'm known, I'm like a thing at Avoca Beach. Like, I'm the unicycle guy of Avoca Beach. Because people see me, or they've sought, you know, they, they go, you... Anyway, it's a funny thing. Like, I'm known, the unicycle guy. In fact, I come out, when I ride, people in their holiday homes run out at 6.30 in the morning, call people out on their veranda to go, here he comes. <laughs> it's the funniest thing. I'm like, I should be charging Central Coast Council money. But, but anyway, one of those times, and I... And I um, a pedal came loose. 
and I needed to, you know, put it back on, you know, for some reason. It never happened before, but it came loose. Anyway, I noticed this guy was pulling a surfboard in he, out of the back of a truck, and, a mate, and I went, oh, mate, and he, it was a tradie truck. I thought, oh, he's been to have a spanner. And um, I come to him and go, oh, mate, uh, you know, I walk up with a broken new cycle. <laughs> hey, you wouldn't have a spanner to fix this. And he starts swearing at me. What the blankety blank, you know, and... His dog got out of his car and then they got run over. Like, it's chaos. Like, all of a sudden, like, it was hilarious. And he goes, well, what are you doing? And, 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 like, what are you doing? And he, he talked to me, like, what are you tourists doing here? And I'm thinking, okay, you're definitely the tourist because I'm, I'm here. And uh, he, he pulled it. The whole, I'll tell you, it was hilarious. The whole time he fixed it, so he opened up his toolbox and he's still swearing at me. <laughs> pulled out the thing put the unicycle on the back, put it on, he, he just took it off me and he fixed it, swearing the whole time. Like, you blankety-blank, why, what is this? Why do you even have such a blankety-blank thing? And he, while well, he's fixing it. I love devils. Do you like devils? They're handy. They're so good. I like it better when, it, when the... When a demon comes and fixes stuff for me rather than an angel, it's really funny. It's like, you go. My angels must have thought, this is, hey, Mars, how about this? Hey, this is awesome. Normally we have to organize this sort of stuff. You bring ravens, he will supply. Do you understand? The most random, and then you know, and it's like it's interesting because then he goes to the next place you see, and you know the story. I think I'm speaking. If you ha- if you don't know the story, read your Bible, or go find someone that does read the Bible and get them to explain it to you. And then of course he goes to the a widow. Remember that he goes to the widow who's about like she's she's at the end of herself. She thinks it's at the end of it. And there's some of you believers here that you think, well, God, I don't, is this all there is? There's some of you here that you think that's all there is. Is this all there is? You know, I've got a few sticks. I've got enough oil, enough flour for maybe just one more meal, one more hit. Maybe I'll do one more Sunday. Maybe I'll pray one more prayer. Man, I'm talking to someone. And maybe it's it. And then, and then the man of God shows up and goes, well, can you... Can you use that for me? <laughs> How offensive is God, hey? Imagine going up to a single mum. She's on her, the last, she's got the last that she has, and then ask her, can you give what you have to me first, and you can have whatever is left over. But then the magic happens. Can you say that? And that, that jar of oil and that container of flour does not run out. And we're talking maybe a couple of years. Listen to me, God's provision for many of you is wrapped up in your giving. Your, your ability to be generous. God's provision is... Let me, let, me, let me say, what, what your water grows, what you sow grows. 
okay? And it's anything. Words, time, finances, resources, whatever you give, whatever you sow, will increase. But let me tell you something. What it, I've found this with God. He always gives you enough for now. Come on. Now, if you knew that every time you would go to go and get something, there would always be enough, where should your anxiety level be? Are you hearing me? Because some of us want to live because we have this, we need security and understand that. So as long as I've got a certain amount, maybe a month's worth of expenses in the bank, then I'm, I'm safe. <laughs> but anything, anyway, I don't want to bring, attack anyone, but believe me, God, God wants to put our trust in him. And work from that security. And Susie and I have lived our entire lives. And this will freak out. Every financial planner would freak out at this. I don't look at my bank account. I wouldn't know. Wouldn't have the foggiest. All I know is every time I go to pay for something, I can. And I'm... So... I tell everybody, look, I'm loaded. As <laughs> far as I know, I'm loaded. <laughs> hey? Hey? This is amazing. You put, you put this little plastic square into a box, put some numbers in, and there's money. But if you don't have the money and it won't give you that, I found that out. But for me, there's always no credit card. There's always money. There's always money for whatever I need. There's all like I don't. I don't there's always, always enough for me to do whatever I know I'm meant to to do. And I'm so thankful for your generosity because you just helped me to come here and go home. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> it's always enough. Do you understand what I'm trying to say to you? God's provision. You, there's a, if you have enough for today, that's, that's what he promises. Are you, we've got to get a different mindset of, okay, it, so it, it, guess what? You're going to have enough tomorrow. It might not even be here yet, but you're going to have enough tomorrow. And we need to learn to be confident in God knowing that's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, do you know, like what, see, like it's like my, like how God uses my faith is different from my brother. But we're still trusting God. So there's his provision. The next thing is, of course, his power. 
And it's inter- oh, let me let me just say this: it's interesting for Elijah because Elijah spent his almost his entire pl- life in dry places. He spent his entire life in a place of lack, but he never had lack. Wow. So you might. That's yeah. You, I'll just I'll just throw that out there. Many of you are in a place where it's dry, alone, tired, but God is providing for you. Yeah. And he really wants to encourage you today that you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. You might be down to your last dollar. And Susan and I have been down to that many times. But you know what I've done every time I've found out that we're down to our last 15 bucks? We've been down to our last $100. We've been down to that many times. But you know what we do? We go down to a, like a, a, one of the expensive ice cream shops and we blow the lot on ice cream. Don't invest it. Don't buy lottery tickets. Because I'm loaded. And when you're loaded, you buy $20 ice cream for your, for your wife. Isn't it? Do you, do your wife, your husband, do you buy an ice cream and she goes, oh, no, I won't have one? And then you buy it. And then she gets, her tongue turns into the tongue of a, 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 a giraffe, yeah. <laughs> Who said that? Your wife? Who said that? Who's got a wife that's got a tongue like a giraffe? There you go. <laughs> Who's thinking about kissing her? Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. So you got, do you know that God's going to provide? Like Elijah. Shut something down. Open something up. Father, I thank you. Just even now, let's go. Father, thank you that you're providing. You're just providing. I'm loaded. <laughs> you're loaded, Pete, eh? You're loaded. Oh, man. This is fun, hey? See, the next thing is this, is his power. Now, you see this big time in Elijah, in the story when you go through it. Like you said, not only, and, and, the, and the provision was very powerful, but the first thing he does, he turns off the rain, like a tap, he just goes, woof. And I was thinking about this, like, how is that relative? It's kind of like he, he just kind of turns off a car, he just turns it off, puts the keys in his pocket, and leaves it. And it's like no one can get it started. It's like he locks it, he puts chains around it, puts it in a storage facility and shuts it. And you just can't get it started because you're like, he, and he's gone with the keys, both sets. <laughs> mm. 
So he demonstrates that big time. Like, let me, let me all really encourage you, like, what, what's going on that drives you nuts? Shut it down. Just go, that's enough. That's enough strife. That's enough backsliding. That's enough addiction. That's enough havoc. That's, that's enough crazy. That's enough whatever. And confront it. One of the big things about Elijah was he confronted. Who knows you can't be a disciple of Jesus unless you're willing to confront? Like you look at Jesus. Jesus had a zero tolerance. He had zero tolerance. When you look, he's lovely and merciful, but he has zero, you know, he has zero tolerance about your nonsense. Have you noticed that? You notice when you sin, it's like the worst thing ever. Oh, you... Oh, okay. None of, oh, sorry. None of you sin. I forgot. None of you have an issue. None of you. You're all... They've even taken the toilet out of your house. <laughs> Do you know the only people who struggle with sin? is born-again Christians. It's true. It's true. Aren't you glad that when you do the wrong thing, it just feels yuck? Because Jesus has zero tolerance for sin. And because you're now holy, it doesn't suit you anymore, and you just have to get right as fast as you can. Is that true? Aren't you glad about that? That before you used to just go after that stuff and pursue that sort of thing, and it didn't worry you want, you know, it was like, yeah, that was a bit weird, but then you go and try some other sin. And, and, and now, when you try and do those coping mechanisms or whatever that was, you do that and it just does not work. So you try more because it doesn't work. Because Jesus has made it fail. He will make you. Let me tell you something. Someone needs to hear this. Your, your issue is failing you. So next time, next time you go to your coping mechanism, whether it's drinking, whether it's porn, whether it's, I don't know, name them. Uh, envy, anger. You know, we have this sliding scale. <laughs> oh, porn's real bad. You know, cutting's real bad. But you can eat all you like. Go chocolate cake. You know? You know, we, have this, we have this sliding scale. You might struggle with same-sex attraction. But, or that's, and you know, you, you're not able to share that here because that's one of the worst sins. Well, actually, Jesus says that pride is the worst sin. <laughs> oh, my gosh, I keep getting... <laughs> anyway, what was I saying? The issue. <laughs> is the issue... And God is, he has zero tolerance. Look at what he does to Peter. Peter says, you know, Peter gets the revelation of how that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. He has that massive revelation. And then he, Jesus says, yeah, that's right, Peter, but we're going to Jerusalem and they're going to they're hand the son of man or be handed over and he'll be killed. And Peter goes, uh-uh, we're not doing that. Uh. Jesus turns right around on his heels and goes, mate, that's the devil right there. Shut it down. 
shut it down. Let me tell you something. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff that you just think is the sovereignty of God and God is allowing that when God is going, that's, that's not me. It's, I'm waiting. Come on, I've given you, I've given you the keys I've given you the ability to shut things down and open things up, but you keep wanting me to do all the work. Believe me, ministry, let me tell you something. Ministry, working with Jesus, is 50% his spirit and 50% our spirit. It's, I know it's weird, but it's kind of, it's, I don't know if it's 50-50. It's like I was saying last time, it's probably 99.9% his spirit. <laughs> Anyhow. <laughs> but, he's, but he, on his behalf, is like 50-50, man. You get equal share. Whatever is mine is yours. Whatever is yours is mine. I'm cool with that. Isn't that amazing? So believe me, a lot of the stuff what we're putting up with, we don't have to put up with. And a lot of stuff we are after, we can release to ourselves. You don't need some super prophet to have a word for you that you're going to be blessed. Inside of you, you know that. Inside of you, believe me, you all know that there's more for you. It's like the same. You knew you wanted to walk. You knew you wanted to walk in power. You knew you wanted to see miracles. You knew. And... and and believe me, God is stirring up the church so you're not just coming to observe the fivefold demonstrate stuff, but now the fivefold is going to impart it to you. Yes. Do you know? Yeah. Like I can prophesy over you, yeah, boo, whoopitsy do. <laughs> and that's it. I'm not being disrespectful, but honestly, honestly, really? Like, do you think this is a horoscope? Do you know what I mean? That's what, you, that's what the church has brought it down to. I just want my fortune told. <laughs> I just want to know that God's going to bless me. Okay. Really? How insecure are we? I'm not... Are you hearing what I'm saying? Whereas... Believe me, the best word you'll ever have for yourself is from you and from Jesus to you. And you go about, come on, that's actually worth a clap. Good work, Muzz. Encourage myself. Finally, we've got a clap. Thank you, Jesus. Man, what a hard crowd this is. Hey. You're cheering Pastor Ross. You think you're paying favourites here, you know. So he's, he's demonstrates his power. Now let me tell you something. When you Elijah, so he shut down those things, and then, um, then he he raises someone from the dead. Whoo hoo! And he volunteers. Who wants to see that happen? Come on! Come on! Like. Raising of the dead is supposed to be like, in Hebrew, is one of the foundational things. Baptisms, raising of the dead. I don't think that's just about us going to heaven. It's like what we're supposed to do. So he raises someone. And believe me, that one of the biggest issues, sin has already been conquered for us, true? It's 
like God isn't really dealt with our sin issue. But one of the big, one of even the old church fathers and the desert prophets and the like, the ancient part of the church knew that sin had already been dealt with. But the big, the big issue, the biggest issue for mankind is death. Death, and even it's like even atheists. You start to talk about death to them and they freak out. (laughs) Because there's something in us that is eternal. And death seems so wrong. Because it is. It was never the design. It was never meant to be this way for us. Being eternal... It's meant to be normal. That's why what, what I want to do, was that the gay man's just stretching? <laughs> is, 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 I want to, I want to acclimatize to heaven here. I want to live in heaven here, which is, I believe, what the plan is. That I live in heaven and I go to heaven. For for most believers, they're going to heaven, but they live in hell. That's not the plan. The plan is to have heaven. And it's been a theme that's preached a lot around the world now, the kingdom, to release the kingdom. Amen. And you're doing that. You have that. Oh, my gosh, you've got that in spades. Like, I don't know about you, but I would keep this secret. (laughs) Otherwise, people are going to pack the place out. You're not going to be able to sit in your seat. Do you know what I mean? You might not get into church. You might have to wait in the car park. Yeah, amen. You might have to, have, you, might have to you know, roster it so you can have it every night. If they find out, like, honestly, if people found out that you've got heaven and you've got the answer to death and that you can raise people from the dead, Imagine that. I think many of you are going to see that. Many of you are going to see that. Many of you are going to see that. Come on. But if I die, don't leave me alone. I'll be so cranky. I'll have the worst prophetic word ever for you if you raise me from the dead. <laughs> Just let me go. I'm fine. I'm fine, okay? Susie will be fine. She's hot. If you meet her, someone else will marry her. No worries. <laughs> Is that true, Sam? Yeah. <laughs> She'll be fine. Some young guy will, you know, get my house and my bike and car and think, and I'll be in my little vase and he'll pat me and go, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> See, because we don't need be, we don't need to be. Anyway, is that true? If you want to stay here, Amen. We'll raise you. I don't know what you're thinking, but anyway, unless you've got an assignment, unless you've got something you need to get done, Amen. But I know this. I'm pretty reckless and pretty crazy, because I I know there's some things that God I've got to fulfil before I'm allowed out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, do you live like that? Like, okay, I'm not going until 
like Elijah. Like Elijah didn't even die. <laughs> like man. Okay, so there's the power. And of course you see that. He could call down fire. Like it's amazing. He could call down rain. He could call down water. And he could call down fire. Holy smoke. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> And believe me, you guys are going to move in that. Like, like I could see it. Like you could see, like I, I could, even now I could see little pillars of fire. Flying of fire. <laughs> On you. God's going to, man, oh, okay. It's just, I don't want to point people out, okay, because it's just, it just gets... Not weird, but I just want to put pressure on people. But <laughs> if you felt your temperature going up just then, you're probably on. You're probably vaporing. You know, you're probably <laughs> you're smoldering. It's not a hot flush, lady. It's like it's the Holy Ghost. <laughs> so he demonstrated power. He could call down fire, and we know that whole thing. You know, like he. He, you know, he had the, the competition between, you know, the, the prophets of Baal, you know, and they, it's interesting, it's, it's an interesting thing because they, they worked hard all day to try and get something to happen and, of course, nothing happened. Nothing happened. He just makes fun of them. You know the story. What's interesting, and I want to highlight this to some of you, is that he dug a ditch around it to contain more water, to make it more difficult. Some of you need to start to dig a ditch. You need to dig a ditch. You need to dig a ditch. There's another time when, you know, they had no water. Now, you think they had no water. And he digs a ditch to pour water. Can you see how everybody must have thought, oh, my gosh, how wasteful is this? Like Elijah was, like, it's the same way as Jesus got in trouble for being extravagant and wasteful. Do you know that there's more than enough with the Lord? And so why not make more room for more? More room for more. Remember there was a story in the Bible about they didn't have water and the prophet said, go dig ditches. You've got to learn to be able to make a ditch. You've got to be able to dig prayer. You've got to be able to have faith and go that, God, I'm going to make room that you are going to fill this and that you are going to do this. Like I said before, you've got to do it before it manifests. Why not just act anointed? Not arrogantly, not that's flesh, which is just a disguise of what the Holy Spirit is, but just be patient with God and be merciful and be anointed. See, what does anointed you look like? What would anointed you behave like? Dig a ditch. And he moved in power. And then he, he 
it's quite amazing. When he, when he goes to turn the tap on, he goes to the same place that he called down fire to. You all know the story. And he gets down, he faces the opposite way. And he gets down, puts his head between his knees. I wish I could do that. <laughs> Pray seven times. Remember? Because like, God, what, how, what's the thing he turned That's why you gave the analogy of the car. I was like, how's that work? He goes, well, Muz, you turn off a car for three and a half years and switch and then you know, the key on and turn it over. I went, no, probably not, hey. There's probably a few things. There's probably all the oil's gone to the bottom. There's probably some things prepped. Is that true? Is that true? You want to see something deteriorate like your car? Leave it in the carport for three and a half years and see what happens to it. So we've got to remember that if you shut something down and then you want to fire it back up again. <laughs> Guys, you be you be quiet to your wife for a long time, and then you start. Oh, I might flirt a little bit here, and you think she's going to fire up straight away? No. All the ladies, amen. It's going to take a little bit of stoking the primer and the pump. Is it true? It's like first the natural, first the spiritual. Sometimes we over, do you know what I mean? It's like, okay, God. And so often we pray once, nothing happens, and we think, oh, maybe God does not want that. But no, no. Most of us really know what God wants for us. That's what I, it's quite amazing because of his Holy Spirit. We actually know what's God and what isn't God. Is that true? Come on. So when, when someone does get sick and die, and we think, man, that was wrong. That should not have happened. It did happen, but it shouldn't have happened. Right. Okay. Then we need to step into that and go, well, let's not see that happen again. And let's try some different things. Like I'm an all-time, like I'm a crash test dummy on spiritual things. I'll just try something to see what works. And let's just keep going. Like, man, I rode a unicycle. Do you think I just could do that straight away? Like, I learned it at 45. That was, a, like, even stupider. And it was, a, it was a hundred hours before I could even, like, move. How's insane, hey? You know, like, you know how they say the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over expecting a different result? Well, I prove that's, that that's wrong. I tried something over and over and over again until I got it. Are you hearing me? It's like you can... There's miracles seven prayers away. Not one prayer, not two prayers, not three prayers. And even with Elijah, Elijah knew that all I needed was a little. Remember the beginning, the provision? The provision was only a little, just a little start, just a little flicker of hope. Like he said to his servant, and when the servant said, I see a cloud coming out of the ocean the size of a man's hand. And then he says, let's go. Because his whole life was about 
what God could do with a little. <coughs> with a little piece of meat and a little piece of bread. With a little piece of flour. A little piece of oil. With a little prayer. Call down fire. Remember Jesus despised not the day of smalling. What do you play golf? What is this? A golf crowd. Despised not the day of Oh, you know that scripture. Despised not the day of small things. Remember that lady who says, Lord, she, she needed her daughters set free. Jesus says, you know what? It's not suited for dogs to get bread from the master's table. That's meant for the children. She said, give me a crumb. Dogs get crumbs. Give me a crumb. Despise not the day of more beginnings. But then what, really what God wants to do is reveal your purpose to you. Oh, we're nearly done. And I haven't had to prophesy about a person yet. But this I will give you, this. And this is probably what I came to do. So he does have a purpose for you. Let me quickly just give this, if you've got notes or whatever you're doing, is this. We have, we have the base level of, of life is choices. Is that true? Yeah. You have arrived, you've, you've arrived in your seat this morning based on a whole lot of choices that you make. We make about ten to 30,000 a day. I oh, know, no wonder you're tired already. <laughs> and so most people, are, most people just live at that level. The next level of life is if you have a plan. Because if you have a plan, it sorts out the choices before they come. It's like this, like if you go to Coles or Flemings or whatever, what do you, IGA, what do you have in Queensland? Woolworths, you have Woolworths? Amen. And um, so they hope that you go, go in there without, they hope that you go in there without a list. That's why they hang all that stuff in the aisle for the husbands. <laughs> oh, what's that? Oh, anyway, I put that in there. <laughs> Toothbrush holder or... As long as it's like sparkly, we'll... You know, you buy that stuff. You know, they hope that you, buy, you don't go in with a plan. Because if you go in with a plan, if you have a list, you've already, you know what you're going to get. And you can just go there, boom, boom, see how efficient. So the choice is already made. Can you see that? So if you don't have a plan, you're subject to everyone else who has one. Next thing is this. I'll go quickly because this is, not, is if you don't have a plan, you've got to have a vision. If you have vision your plan already have in place. So if you've got a vision to, you have a vision to become a professional, that means that you have to do university, means you have to get a certain score in your HSC. Is that true? And it, all of a sudden, the choices of what you do with your time, if you, um, say, if you want to get in, you want to get well, you want to get into shape, say, you want to lose some weight, well, that means straight away, the plan is, I've got to have a certain amount of sleep, I've got to, have a, I've got to eat certain things. Is that true? So the choices are made. Okay, no ice cream. Do you know, no Tim Tams. It's just lettuce. <laughs> Pretty easy choice, hey? It's just lettuce and salmon. That's it. Mm. 
because you have a vision and what's even greater if you've got a vision of what you want to look like man that's very powerful and then the plan goes in play I've got a I've got a plan can you see how it works and so because you have vision you don't have to worry about choices anymore and when I'm working in the corporate world that's really all I can take people to to vision but for believers there's purpose and when you know your purpose vision is actually secondary it's not primary, it's secondary. When you know your purpose, you know why you are here. I'll just let that slow detonation, that one. The fuse is still burning. <laughs> Pastor Russell preached to you that one other time. I'll unpack all that for you. But if you turn your Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 19, I don't think I'd have, you'll just have to come back tonight and we'll, we'll have some words for some people. Is that cool? I just don't want to, because I'm hungry. <laughs> He's hungry. Yeah. Amen, yeah. That <laughs> was the salmon thing that did it. <laughs> the lettuce. Ice cream, yeah, Emma's going for ice cream, yeah, there you go. But this is, this is, this is, we've done, we've spent the last 45 minutes getting to this point. Oh, my goodness. So 1 Kings chapter 19, Mary Lynn, this is for you. I woke up this morning, this was the word that I had for you guys, reserved. Not as in reserved, as in, you know, you come into a restaurant and it's got reserved on the table, or that someone has kept something aside for you. Susie buys Christmas presents for our whole family all year and they're in our spare bedroom and I'm not allowed to unpack anything. What are you doing? They're reserved for the kids. They get all the good stuff. It's reserved. God has stuff reserved for you. Do you understand that? Like, if you're, if you're part of this church, if you're not, if you're part of the church, God has got things reserved for you. I'm about to blow you out of the water. You need to strap yourself in unless you've just read it. Are you ready for this word? Is this. Because Elijah thought he was alone. He thought, I've done all I can. And he kind of lost his purpose and he forgot his purpose and he got really, he got suicidal and he got really depressed and he got, he was a, he was a human just like the rest of us with emotions and all that craziness, negative thoughts and unbelief and pride and all sorts of things. And he used to say, God, I'm the only one. He thought he was the only one. I'm the only prophet left. God said to him, mate, this, let me say this to me. 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 10, he says, Yet I have reserved 7,000 in Israel whose knees have not bowed to Baal, nor's mouth has not kissed him. Let me say this to you, over you, to you, around you, that I want to light the, the fuse of this over your spirit that will explode in the next coming days. That God has 7,000 things that he's doing for you that you don't know about. <laughs> my gosh, my, oh, I can feel the weight of that. That God has 
7,000 things going on that you've got not the foggiest idea that he is lining up, that he is setting up, Sam, that you don't know about. He's doing 7,000 things that you don't know about. 7,000 things. 7,000 things, Mary Lynn. (laughs) Who could even count the 7,000? Who reckons they could get an A4 sheet of paper and start writing down 7,000 things that you even would wonder what, yeah, the obsessive compulsive people are all going for it. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right, do you understand right now, right now, 7,000 things are going on that God has put into today, he's, 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 a, he's assigned to you that he's working out right now. 7,000 things that, you've, that you thought you were alone, you thought you were, you were done, you thought you were run out, you thought that you'd had the end of it, you thought you'd failed too much, you thought you'd, you know, that other, what others have done has marked your life up. So, no, 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 no. God has got 7,000 things. God. <laughs> Everybody worry, wonder why I'm happy. Oh. <laughs> 7,000 things. I hope, you know, some of you are like, what? Yeah, 7,000 things. 7,000 things. Turn to your neighbor and say, 7,000 things. 7,000 things. 7,000 things. Who's even got, I I wouldn't even know, who's got $7,000 in your bank? Yeah, no one. Imagine that, 7,000 things. I know. And not 7,000 bad things, not 7,000 booby tracks, not 7,000 awful things, not 7,000 like rotten apples, not 7,000 mouldy oranges, not 7,000, do you know what I mean? Reserved for you, like 7,000 pristine, ready to go, ready for you to try on, ready to go, ready to, ready to wear, ready to come on. That's what he's got going on for you. Yeah, you, you should be clapping. You should be rejoicing. You know what? Guess what? You're going to wake up tomorrow and there's 7,000 things ready to go for you. And guess what's going to happen the next day? There's another. You might have used up five of those. It's okay, God will just slot in another five to replace those. That until you go to glory, he's going to have 7,000 things lined up working towards you. Do you understand like how powerful you are and how much God's favor is on you? Like we get depressed and God goes, really? There's 7,000 things that I am doing around about you. Boom. Come on. Just put your, shoulder, your hand on the shoulder of the person beside you. Don't know if that's appropriate or not. Anyway, just do it. In Jesus' name. You got to, yes, just move, big fella. Come on. You can't reach the person beside them. Move. In the sound desk. What are you doing? You're still in church. Tanil, what are you doing? Go, yes, go. For, that's the person there. There you go. <laughs> go, go back again. I'm watching you. Go back again. This is like Elijah with his servant, isn't it? It's like, just stay there. Will you just put your hand on that person and stay there? Oh my gosh. Your staff, hey. There you go. You can do it. You can do it. There you go. Put your hand on their shoulder and you just, Father, I just thank you for the 7,000 things you've got for this person. I just declare 7,000 good things for this person. I just really, come on, let's prophesy over them. Just release it and declare 7,000 things. Things. Right now, someone's prophesying over you and you're now, if you've got a person on either side of you, you're getting 14,000 things. 
7,000 things. Seven thousand things. Seven thousand things. Seven thousand. <laughs> oh man. Well, I'm done. You all got a word. You know what your word was? You got seven thousand things that God is going to do. Isn't that amazing? I don't even know if there's 7,000 diseases. You know, like, wow. Is there, I don't even know if you have 7,000 problems. They say you have about five problems at a time. That's good to know, isn't it? But you've got 7,000 answers reserved for you. How about we stand and let's pray, hey? Father, I thank you, God right now that you're doing 7,000 things for each and every person in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, I just thank you. Can you stand here with her? You know what? You both of you, it's really interesting. I see the same thing to do with both of you. You have no idea what you carry, both of you. You actually have no idea. And it's kind of funny. You're blissfully unaware that I see constantly like fireworks coming out of the top of your head. And you just walk around. And I think, I think you, both, you both can release the glory. You both do that. And you do it with your singing, your drum. You do. You just do it. And it has nothing to do with your emotional state or even if you pray or not. It's, what, it's kind of like your little candles that just wander around. And I reckon you're going to start fires wherever you go. In Jesus' name. That's going to Father, we just thank you right now. We just, Lord, we just carry in your blessing, oh Lord. Father, we just can't wait to meet a raven. We can't wait. We just can't wait to get out of this room and see what you're going to do, God. Carry your presence and your blessing. Father, I thank you that it, provision for power, for purpose, <laughs> and 7,000 answers, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Bayside Christian Church.